This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. Before introducing guests of today's episode, I would like to note just a few things. Physical Activity Researcher Podcast is committed to promoting equality and diversity in all its activities, including selection of guests. We have limited resources to scout all great researchers from different groups of people, so if you know someone who should be as a guest in the podcast, please ask this individual to contact us directly. As another thing, I would like to ask for your help. Being able to deliver this podcast to you, my audience, is based on how many people find, start to listen and follow this podcast. So I would really appreciate little help promoting this podcast. You can do this by subscribing, following the podcast on Twitter, retweeting tweets sometimes, and maybe even giving a good rating if you liked an episode. And now... It is time for the actual show and introduction of our great guest of today's episode. I'm very excited about this episode as we are going to be talking about weight loss in athletes and how to maintain muscle mass in the process. Our guest holds PhD in exercise physiology and is currently working as associate professor in University of Uvascula in Finland. His main research interests are muscle hypertrophy, atrophy, metabolism, and signaling. He's also interested about sport nutrition and weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to introduce our guest, Dr. Juha Hulmi. Welcome, Juha. And to start with, would you like to tell more about your academic career? Yeah, thanks, Olli, for inviting me for this very nice podcast. Um, well... I work in uni- in the University of Uvascula and um, my PhD was about the molecular and physiological effects of resistance training with or without protein supplementation in humans. And after that, I focused on in my studies, especially on skeletal muscle in health and disease. And um, I started investigating how... Um, blocking muscle mass inhibitors, myositin and activins effect in muscular dystrophies in mice. Uh, then I progressed into cancer cachexia and I examined if adic- adequate skeletal muscle mass can offer a protection against early mortality in cancer. And we showed in mice that increasing muscle mass and preventing muscle loss by blocking myositin and activins in uh, experimental cancer cachexia it could improve survival rate in mice. This was part of a PhD thesis of Tuuli Nissinen. Mm. Uh, and at the same time, I have still continued to study the effects of exercise on skeletal muscle physiology and health. And uh, then um, another thing I have recently done, been doing is, uh, or a topic has been uh, investigating how a strict diet in normal weight 
fitness competitors effects on physiology and systems biology. And now we have just recently finished our second data collection that is part of a PhD thesis of Ville Isola. So I'm still uh, quite much interested in sports sciences as well, not just the physiology and uh, molecular biology of exercise. So that's like, a, in brief, my research history. And, and I have done some other things as well, but that's how... Uh, the main things about my research in brief. Mm. Yeah, so basically the skeletal muscle is in the center and then you have studied cancer patients, athletes and and different molecular aspects and nutritional aspects of of skeletal muscle and maintenance and, and improvements. So what do you see as the as the most interesting line of research for you? Yeah, um, well, yeah, we haven't studied much of the cancer patients. I have to say they have been mainly uh, studies in mice, but uh, yeah, one study is ongoing in, in patients as well. But but anyway, mm-hmm. um, the main thing uh, or most interesting, uh, well, um, it's quite difficult to say. I, um, I think the importance of skeletal muscle um, has been pretty much the main point of my my research during the last few years but um but at the moment i i'm more and more coming back to the area of of exercise science so i would say um i'm really uh, excited about understanding how exercise works in improving performance body composition and and health so i would say that's currently the the main uh, interest of mine Mm. And and in relation to that, you have been you said that you studied the strict diet of was it fitness athletes and and how it affects their muscle mass. Could you tell more about this study? Yeah, um, so those are physique competitors. It's quite a popular sport in Finland, and um, so basically, um, as a physiologist, I have also used that as a model to investigate what happens if a normal weight individual uh, starts this kind of a really heavy diet. So uh, so it's, it's not just, uh, you, you can apply it to other sports as well, not just to those who conduct fitness sports, because in many other sports like the ones MMA and uh, for instance, what you have done, um, they involve often this kind of a heavy strict diet so um and also like um many individuals before a beat season they want to get into a bikini uh, physique it seems mm. <laughs> so we were interested as a physiologist uh, also not just as a, as a sports scientist what happens and uh and whether uh, this after this diet uh, the competitors are recovering so um we have studied um we have so far published three papers out of this first cohort, and now we have uh, collected another cohort. And um, we have, um, I would say, there are some um, findings that may be interesting for some of the listeners. Like, for instance, um, it is possible to, uh, for some individuals, uh, to decrease 
a huge amount of fat mass without losing muscle mass. That's one thing. Uh, another thing is that uh, many of or actually pretty much all of the physiological and systems biology uh, level changes um, like metabolomics, transcriptomics and, and uh, so forth, those are recovering when the individual after the diet is uh, regaining back the weight and starting to eat again. So it seems that most of the changes or even all of the changes, physiological changes, will recover after this diet, which is which is a good thing. Uh, hmm. I'm not su- suggesting that everyone should do that, but uh, but it seems that that uh, that uh, our capability to recover after this kind of a diet is really really strong. Hmm. And do you think there's a certain kind of time window that if you diet hard? How long can you stay in the lower weight, lower fat fat percentage before it becomes permanent? Or do you think it will, even if you would stay there two years, would you still regain the the muscle mass and and other physiological features? Yeah, I, we haven't studied uh, maintain, maintaining or um, maintenance of of lost body weight or fat mass so uh, in these uh, competitors they are voluntarily uh, uh, increasing their uh, caloric intake and and uh, decreasing amount of, of of exercise to get uh, back to the original weight but um, I know from from literature from the literature that it's really difficult to maintain maintain the 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 really low body weight and uh, actually we have now um, tried to uh, investigate whether there are some um, molecular markers systemic molecular markers that could uh, explain some of the reasons why it is quite difficult to maintain the the um, very low body mass sort of uh, like um, metabolic changes that are um making um our body to to uh, um increase more easily increase body weight after this uh strict diet because it's probably not a good idea to stay in this uh at this level s- such a long time so uh those kind of changes we have been uh recently investigating at as well so um but I'm not sure if I can really answer to to your specific questions, but but those mechanisms mm. that are making it difficult to stay stay there, those those we have been um, investigating, like uh, this kind of a ter- thermogenic adaptation, like uh, related to um, sort of um, mitochondrial silencing uh, and. Uh, those kind of things. So Heikki Sarin has been um, um, conducting PhD from these systemic level and systems policy related um, uh, biomarkers and now uh, we are about to submit a paper related to that phenomenon, what happens in blood, uh, mitochondria and leukocytes that could predict this this phenomenon. Mm. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. 
a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate and vigorous intensity. In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy-to-understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. And, and when you said that uh, difficulty remaining in, in low body mass, how, how low do you mean? Is there a threshold in fat percentage or somewhere that where what what kind of low you are talking about? Yeah, um, so I cannot refer refer to all individuals, but in these competitors, the um, they are losing about fifty percent of their fat mass, and uh, yeah, visceral fat can be decreased even more. So there is a lot of, uh, lot of, uh, there is a large decrease in, in body mass and, and fat mass, and the eventual uh, fat mass or fat percentages is also also low. So males can have a body fat percentage depending on the measure uh, um, in at the levels of four, five, six percent or something like that. Um, and females can have it. At least some of some of them can have it uh, even lower than ten. But usually from twelve to fifteen or something like that, which is pretty close to the ones that you can see in um, in some other sports, like um, um, like for instance, one hundred meter runners and so on. Or they don't have mm-hmm. um, as low, but almost as low, and they have to maintain it. But um I, I think um this is just my my opinion but um it it could be probably pretty close to 10% of fat in males and probably somewhere between 15 to 20 in in females that could be maintained perhaps uh, uh perhaps um but it's quite individual but those values could be perhaps maintained without um, without problems in in the metabolic health or um, or uh, another another measures. But that's just a guess based on some of the data we have and and in the literature. Mm. And and you and you said that there's some some adaptations when you go under it. So what what happens physiologically when you go under? How how does the weight weight gain then come come about yeah so obviously in these individuals they are doing it voluntarily but but then even if they would try to maintain their low weight like for months it would be quite difficult uh, because there are some changes that are happening so um so for instance um we have published and the and the same uh, same way in the new data set uh, it seems that there are some um, uh, changes uh, that could predict uh, what happens soon uh, so for instance there are um, 
there are hormones like leptin, which is uh, reflecting the amount of fat mass and amount of caloric intake, for instance. So that those those changes are quite uh, quite dramatic. So um, so if I try to remember, um, so basically um, there is a really substantial loss of leptin uh, during the last weeks of the diet, and then uh, that would obviously uh, affect on the hunger levels uh, of the individual. So uh, they are really pretty, uh, really, really hungry during that that time point, making it difficult to maintain the diet. Another hormone that is often measured is um, is ghrelin hormone, which is uh, uh, a hormone that increases uh, hunger uh, because leptin is like a satiety hormone. So um, basically, uh, ghrelin can have a small minor increase during the diet or at the end of the diet, but I'm not sure whether that's that's uh, as substantial as, as leptin. So leptin may be more uh, more important, a hormone affecting on the on the amount of amount of eating. And as I said, there are some um, changes in the uh, physiology, like for instance, how uh, effectively mitochondria is, is uh, producing energy. Uh, there are probably some uh, changes in non non exercise activity thermogenesis so those kind of changes that are that could be measured with the um, with like um, physical activity uh, device measurement devices so in the newest study we have had some some of those measures as well but i cannot tell any anything about those because i don't know i don't have any data yet but uh there are there is some data that suggests that during this diet this uh, decrease in in uh, physical activity, uh, non-exercise activity, uh, physic- uh, levels are decreased, uh, and um, some of the competitors are nowadays, uh, um, or the, their coaches have been uh, trying to emphasize this to the competitors that it's important to maintain to the levels of physical activity during the diet because that's mm. that seems to quite substantially decrease in some of the individuals. So they are doing this voluntarily, voluntary exercise. So for instance, these competitors may do eight, even more exercise sessions during the week, but these uh, other activity levels, they they may substantially uh, decrease. And at the same time, if they are want to eat more and more because of the changes in, in the hormones, and then uh, also the physiological changes in, that may make uh, their uh, ATP um, production more efficient, for instance, uh, those kind of uh, changes may make it very difficult to maintain uh, maintain this low body mass for a long time. Mm. Yeah, it, it sounds quite logical that if you if you don't eat enough energy, the body will try to decrease the energy expenditure not to not to lose too much weight or not to lose at all probably so there would be changes in the non-exercise activity and yeah a really interesting point points about leptin and ghrelin 
Mm, when when I have been losing weight for for combat combat sports, I have I have noticed that when you are in a low fat percentage and the competition is over, it's maybe your hunger is not bigger uh, in in a normal state, but but when you start eating, it's really difficult to stop eating. Like you, you just keep keep eating, and and do you see that leptin could work this way? That when you actually start eating, it's just the body is just kind of to me, it's shouting that keep eating. You found food. Like how how do you see this? Well, this is not my expertise, so this is <laughs> this is interesting uh, speculation. So uh, I, I think we don't have any questions related to that uh, but we have to consider that in the future to to understand because there are some studies that are, have been um, measuring the time of eating also so how fast you are eating certain amount of energy and so on so those kind of things so that's that's really interesting so it's it's also possible yeah you cannot you don't get the I mean the satiety and, and hunger they are not totally opposite phenomenon so so uh, leptin is, is indeed affecting on the satiety so you don't get the satiety so easily so so if, if that's that's really true that there is a not so large changes in ghrelin which is a, a hormone increasing increasing hunger than uh, than mm. in changes than, than, than decreases in leptin then uh, that may be indeed true that this uh, effect that you you were mentioning is is actually actually something that is happening and it would be really interesting to have this kind of a question for the for the participants as well whether this is really the the main point there very good good speculation mm. and uh, yeah this this is fully anecdotal but uh, sometimes when I've been doing like for example long endurance things lasting maybe from more than three hours and on several days it's it's interesting feeling that you you have eaten like huge amount of food you are totally full and you feel full but at the same time you feel hungry like that the fullness versus hunger is not the same thing and and i I find it really interesting and there's probably explanation in the hunger hormones but i i'm not expert on those so i don't know how how they work do you do you have any guess how it could work yeah for instance leptin is is a hormone that doesn't uh, you cannot just like acutely if you eat a lot you cannot just get it back to the levels that 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 you had those uh before the diet so it takes probably a few days we have some data now in in, in these competitors whether whether it get it's uh, regaining back after about a week of eating more, uh, but um, I don't know the data yet, so how, how it looks like. But then, um, as as you explained, and and I mentioned before, for instance, leptin is a satiety hormone, and 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 uh, if it doesn't regain after this, uh, just one eating, substantial eating. Of course, it's it, it doesn't just measure the amount of eating that you are doing, but it's also measuring the amount of fat mass that you have, and that's exactly the case with the leptin hormone. So you cannot just uh, uh, those those systems they are they understand that it's not enough just to eat once, but they are measuring um, that or recognizing that you should still keep going during the next few days 
<clears throat> so I think it makes makes really sense. Mm, yeah, su- su- super interesting. So basically, leptin it's not acute, but it takes probably one week at least to eat if you are in a low low fat percentage. Did I understand it correctly? Yeah, I don't know exactly. There are some studies, if I remember correctly, that also in in few days some of the individuals may may um, regain it. But then there are other hormones as well that are inter- interacting, other hormones relating, uh, regulating hunger and satiety, and also other hormones regulating the level of metabolism as well, like uh, T3, thyroid hormone, for instance, which is uh, decreasing during the diet and getting back when you uh, uh, start to eat again. So, but again, for that hormone, I don't, I don't know, I don't have the data yet whether you can. It you, it com, comes back in some individuals already during one week, but there are many things, many uh, many changes, and also the physical activity. What happens to that? If you how, how I mean, some of the effects of the physical activity may be also partially perhaps acute, but um, but uh, I don't really know what happens and how fast is is this level of physical activity coming coming back in in some of the individuals. Those are interesting points, and they are probably uh, informative uh, for the uh, exercise science in the future to understand uh, better, uh, because um, it would be better for athletes as well that they are um, uh, the the dieting and, and maintaining this comp- competition uh, weight wouldn't be so hard, so difficult. It's it's mm. psychologically, you know, it better than I do, then that uh, it can make uh, this sport really demanding. And and so it would be really nice to understand these uh, hormonal changes and other, other changes so that um, uh, competing in those sports would be easier psychologically. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behavior change in sedentary behavior and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibian provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. If, if I go back a little bit, you said that for some people it's possible to lose, lose fat uh, substantially without losing muscle mass. Could you tell more about about the numbers and is there difference between individuals and why do you think it's so? Yeah, so um, that's indeed uh, how it goes. So um, obviously it it depends on the measure of of muscle mass. So if we would measure uh, and the the timing of of measuring muscle mass. So uh, so, for instance, um, in the first study from these competitors, uh, we measured uh, the muscle mass after the individuals have um, 
had um, this kind of a peak week, which means that they are uh, starting to ingest carbohydrates again, meaning that um, uh, the glycogen levels and uh, related water levels are getting back as well. Uh, this is important to understand because during the diet in in athletes, it's really um, often that uh, carbohydrates are restricted during the last few days, at least uh, when you have to have to do the uh, fast uh, weight loss. Uh, but mm-hmm. then there is this uh, sort of a pseudo loss of of muscle mass, which is just glycogen and and and, and liquid. Mm-hmm. which can can be quite substantial so in this first study we uh, we investigated that uh, by uh, measuring after this uh, week of of regaining the or or um or eating uh, after this week of of quite substantial carbohydrate eating and this this data showed that um uh, pretty uh, large amount of of um female physique competitors at least um, can uh, at the same time uh, decrease fat mass and and either maintain lean body mass or uh, or this uh, vastus lateralis cross-sectional area and some could even increase obviously there is some possible measurement errors but um, but this is clearly possible especially when the individuals uh, don't have years and years of training background, so it it may be more difficult if you have been training already like um, like ten years. It it may be more difficult, and it may be more difficult in males. Um, it may be more difficult. Uh, I mean, more difficult to to maintain muscle mass uh, if you uh, if you are conducting a really strict diet. So some of the individuals in in physics sports and, and any other sports they have much more uh, fat mass to lose and if you have a lot of fat mass to lose and especially if the if the diet length of the diet is is, is quite short there is a higher risk for uh, losing some some uh, um, lean mass or muscle mass as well but uh, especially in those uh, individuals that um can do this decrease of, of, of fat mass by uh, usually uh, maintaining the amount and intensity of resistance training pretty well and then also probably maintaining amount of protein intake at pretty high levels. It seems that uh, those um, two, fa- two factors are really important in, in making it possible to to do those two things at the same time. So uh, there are not many individuals that could clearly increase uh, the, the lean mass or, or muscle mass at the same time as, as losing, but maintaining. Many of the individuals can really maintain after this carbohydrate loading phase. So I would say out of 27 individuals um there are probably like two or three so about 10 percent who can really do it 
do at the same time, who can gain muscle mass and decrease fat mass at the same time. Maybe maybe that's that's the case in our data. It's quite difficult to to know for sure because uh, there is always some individual measurement errors and, and those kind of things. But then uh, mm-hmm. there are maybe five, six individuals who are losing uh, both fat mass and muscle mass. Uh, it's again quite difficult to to to, to know uh, exactly for sure, but this is this is how it how it pretty much goes. And so it's possible, but of of course it's it's uh, not really easy. And that was in in female competitors from the last study, and now from this uh, study that we have now conducted, we have also males. And I don't know the individual data from those, but uh, it may be more difficult in males because they already have lower fat mass to start with start the diet and 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 they are going to a really low levels i mean males are going to really low levels of fat mass so it it may be our hypothesis at least is that it may be a bit bit more difficult for males and also for males usually the training background is is um i mean they have more years of training so so for them it may may be more difficult to maintain the, the intensity and volume of training and and so on, and the muscle mass during the diet. But that's just a speculation. I don't have the data, but uh, I hope that within a year, Ville Isola will, and, and us, we will publish data from this this cohort comparing males and females and some some of those results as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I I would have, without thinking it too much, I would have thought that the training background effect is is the opposite that you would think that people who have trained their muscles for a long time would maintain them easier but now as you said it it's probably because they need a stronger stimuli to maintain the muscle mass that it's actually the less trained who are for for it's easier yeah i would say because those like like the female competitors if they have like three years of training backgrounds they still have some you know, uh, capability to to uh, stimulate their muscles to mm. to increase growth even during the diet. There is still some something left, some st- stimuli possible. But but if you have trained years and years, it may be really difficult, and especially during the diet. And it's it's it may be may be so. But I don't have really. This is just a speculation. So I, I as you said, it's it can be also in some individuals other way around. Mm. Yeah, and and this would be interesting for you know for very unfit people who actually want to lose lose weight. And usually, it's said that you shouldn't lose too fast because you will lose muscle mass. How do you think it will go with people who, for example, never have done uh, resistance exercise? That they if, even if they have a strict diet, but they do some form of resistance exercise what do you think what do you speculate would happen with their muscle mass yeah there are there are studies uh, on those and those studies have um, either just followed those comp- those those individuals after this this diet and what happens oh, and there are also some rct studies that have uh, for instance, control the amount of exercise and amount of uh, protein intake, for instance. But basically, um, in those studies, if you don't uh, have this um, 
I mean, ex- exercise or aerobic exercise or resistance exercise, usually um, by caloric restriction alone, um, you will lose uh, much more lean mass than if you if you would do exercise at the same time. That's that 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 data is 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 clear, and um, in those individuals that are losing mass and fat mass really fast. Like for instance, there are studies in these um, um, TV show Biggest Loser com- competitors. So there are some studies mm-hmm. that, that can be uh, that can be found. So Kevin Hall uh, has been uh, conducting those uh, investigations in those competitors, and 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 yeah, there there has been some um, some changes uh, usually in in uh, in those who um, lose their mass really fast. So so if you if you lose more than one kilo per week, usually. <clears throat> The loss of, of muscle mass is, is larger, and the problem during those kind of uh, diets, like really really fast diets, it may be that it's it's really difficult to maintain the the lost fat. So there are some metabolic adaptations perhaps happening, uh, maybe related to the physical activity and also to the nutrition and and also some other 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 things happening that are not really like a physiological so some so some 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 things that make it really difficult to 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 maintain but, but yeah um, these individuals are usually not trying to optimally uh, decrease mass in a way that uh, lean mass would be maintained uh, so usually the protein intake has been pretty low compared to the physical mm. competitors of ours and compared to the also to the studies of uh, RCT studies and also the the amount of resistance exercise has been usually in these studies very low so for instance there are these uh, Minnesota starvation uh, there was Minnesota starvation study which is really famous conducted mm. in the in the 1940s following these uh, males who didn't uh, go into war, but just uh, were investigated what happens in these uh, these camps of of very heavy caloric restriction, and yeah, they lost lots of uh, uh, lean mass, and, and they were they were not eating much, so so the, the so the weight loss was re- really fast, and then uh, also they were not uh, they didn't have a chance to do resistance training or to eat uh, probably adequate amount of protein so um so yeah that's that seems to be the case but on the other hand in in those uh overweight individuals that are usually doing these diets because they have this um this fat mass if they would do this diet properly it would be uh possible clearly to uh decrease fat mass and maintain or even increase in some cases of of lean mass and skeletal muscle mass so it's it would be easier actually in these these individuals to to maintain lean mass than in fitness competitors who who have less of this sort of fat mass buffer mm, yeah and and what would you think that if you if you're losing weight you're quite unfit person should you do 
should you do aerobic exercise or resistance training? Because anyway, with the diet restriction, you can make a energy deficit. Should do you think it it would be better to do actually resistance exercise rather than aerobic exercise? Well, there are um, there are many studies showing that for maintaining lean mass for that purpose and for maintaining um, energy expenditure, uh, resting metabolic rate, and even the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, there is even some data for that suggesting that uh, resistance training is more important for that. But for some other measures of health, obviously, uh, aerobic exercise is beneficial as well. And and for and certainly aerobic or endurance training is better than no exercise at all during the diet. So that's uh, that has been clearly shown. But if you have to compare which one is better, then then for that purpose, resistance training would be would be more important. And, and I would say it's quite often forgotten in those uh, individuals losing fat. So. So that's something to take care in the future to to remember this. Mm-hmm. And and you said that the it's important for the maintenance of muscle mass is the resistance training and protein intake. Uh, but for example, in many sports, for example, combat sports, when you're losing weight just before the the competition, you don't want to do heavy resistance training because it will make you slower maybe you can do explosive or so how how do you see that how important is the resistance training and what kind of stimuli would would actually maintain the muscle mass that if you cannot put the heavy heavy loads what what should you do what could you do yeah this is a very good good question and obviously this um uh, in overweight uh, individuals they are not, they don't care usually so much about the performance so uh, so if if the so uh, but but then uh, for MMA and, and some other sports you have to be careful not to do too much too high volume and too slow type of resistance exercise so as you mentioned if you do it more explosively you can certainly maintain the speed or even increase if you do that kind of a resistance training so um, there is not good uh, data to show which what 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 which components are the most important for resistance training in maintaining lean mass during the diet. There are much more studies investigating which components are important in uh, increasing muscle mass by resistance training. But um, but uh, if you want to maintain the performance of, of explosive performance and, and strength performance, then uh, understanding the specific specificity of resistance training, uh, then obviously the training should be as close to this uh, training specificity uh, phenomenon uh, mm. or principle. So meaning that you shouldn't do these exercises uh, too slow uh, you shouldn't have the volume so uh, and amount of repetition so high that you cannot maintain the intensity. So basically, you cannot use um, you cannot produ- produce vo- force as much if you if you have those really high. So um, so I would say that it's uh, it would make sense that intensity would be 
and the quality of the workout would be really important for the for the performance but then for maintaining muscle mass obviously there there can be some problems if the volume uh, starts to become too low but then um yeah this is this is a this is a problematic problematic point and and uh, for performance athletes its situation is dif- is, is different than, than than those who uh compete for uh uh physical appearance or or uh, or just conduct the diet they don't care so much if they are for a few weeks a bit slower or uh uh sore from their muscles and so on so yeah yeah and so you said basically that the intensity is important for the performance but the volume is important for the for the maintenance of muscle mass could you could you elaborate a little bit more on on this that how how does it work the intensity versus volume yeah well as i said it's uh for these weight loss studies there is much much less data but but volume up to some point is more important for muscle mass gain than intensity so you can uh, and intensity means the percentage of 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 one repetition maximum load so you can increase muscle mass with quite low loads even if you uh just go close until failure so it's just uh longer longer sets so it would make sense that um during the uh, maintenance phase as well uh that would be also more important to have high enough volume so it's not just enough to do a couple of explosive sets and that's it it's probably it's uh, probably pr- better better than nothing but uh there should be some kind of a volume of of uh of exercise to to maintain the the muscle mass during the diet but it's really difficult to say but for performance wise it's more more easy to to understand based understanding by understanding the specificity principle so i so if if the like in mma it's it's the situation is different than in uh in weightlifting for instance because in mma you you don't have to produce so much uh forces but you have to be really uh explosive or the speed mm-hmm. of contraction is really 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 important but then uh i, I mean especially in, in boxing related sports but then in weightlifting mm-hmm. you have to produce much more maximal force so it's of course taking into account this uh specificity of, of loading then uh that's obviously really important but it's you have to make some compromises probably if to, if you want to perfectly mm-hmm. maintain muscle mass and i i think it's not you know if you lose half a kilo or one kilo of muscle mass it's probably not doesn't make so much so much a difference in in those those sports compared to to acute performance that you have so you have to be careful with these thanks for joining us this week on physical activity researcher podcast if you like the show make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on twitter this podcast is made possible by listeners like you Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. 
We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.